This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson for greater Dandenong food tours. They let you travel the world without a passport. Hi there, I'm Kate Stevenson. So you, of course, are listening to the podcast version of Relish. That's a show that airs each Saturday morning on Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. This week on the show... Melbourne has no shortage of talented individuals doing fabulous things with booze and Sean Byrne and Jill Lapaloo are right up there with the best of them. They founded Maid and I back in 2011, which the barflies know is basically Australia's best vermouth. So where did it all start and what's next, I'll ask. Also, it's snow season and what a snow season it is. I'll get all the food goss from Mount Buller from Ski Bunny and food journo Wendy Hargraves. And this week in food, well, Japanese masterclasses at Rabata, the Holy Water Festival brings some of the best distilleries to Williamstown, Preston Market's Italian Day returns and how you can eat well and do good at a special Box Hill Institute dinner. All that still to come on the Relish podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel on Easy Music 3MP. Easy Music 3MP plays all your favourite songs to help you relax. Songs you grew up with. Songs you know. Songs in love. That's why I tell you. You better be home soon. Relax with us. Melbourne's Easy Music. 3MP. Easy Music 3MP, this is Relish. Well, there's certainly no lack of talented local individuals doing brilliant things with great booze, and my next two guests are right up there when it comes to that. Sean Byrne and Jill Lapaloo launched Made in Ivan Muth way back in, I want to say, guys, 2011, and it felt at least to me like it was an overnight success behind the jump at this city's best restaurants and bars. How did it become such a success? And what's next for Made in I? We better ask ask them Sean and Jill good morning good morning Kate. good morning how you doing very well I'm sure I, I think it was an overnight success but what about for you guys how did a bartender and a winemaker end up creating a vermouth and how long did it take to get it right and get it out there I think we're still learning to this day aren't we, Jill? <laughs> uh, it's, it's still a learning curve in a way but uh, it's, it started uh, as you said in 2011 and uh I was trained with the late um, Vernon Chalker from the Gin Palace yep. in Melbourne. And uh, Vernon approached me to, to make a gin for the bar. And I said, well, I'm a winemaker, so I don't distill, so, but I can do something that goes with gin. And that was the first uh, contact on, on Vermouth. I, I was always uh, working with plants and things like this, but and I started to infuse things before that. But uh, uh, there was, you know, no, no real plan, and and that came to, to fruition. And then uh, when I first the first trial, then uh, I met Sean, who was uh, managing the bar at the time, yeah. and he was doing his his uh, little uh, trial as well. So we compared notes, and we made the first uh, classic in uh, in 2011. Uh, and our first client, when we when we finally sold it, was Attica. Uh, the restaurant in in uh, Melbourne and was yeah pretty much well received straight away um, and suddenly we made a second one a third one etc and, and it grew up so it's, it started as a little hobby thing and which suddenly grew up following the the wave of the gin revolution and mm. the aperitivo and all of this and we 
you are uh, 10 years later having six product plus a lot of uh, side projects on the side as well. Yeah. And for smaller, you know, Australian or even Victorian producers, how important is that support from the hospitality industry? Like obviously Attica just puts you straight on the map, but all those other bars and restaurants, yeah. how much of a difference does that make, Sean? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. You know, we've seen through the, the times of COVID where uh, bars are looking more and more inwardly to, and restaurants to support the local businesses. Um, uh, and, you know, instead of uh, importing and using uh, the most from Italy, using something that's local and uh, delicious to them. And same with gins and any other products. You see the rise of Australian-focused bars and um, there's a bar Midland now in Castlemaine uh, just stocking stuff from the, the 100 kilometres away and... Uh, um, yeah, so everyone's becoming more parochial, but in such a good way. It's um, great for local business. And so what did you find? Was the idea with Maid and I that people would, you know, use vermouth in the cocktails we know it's in? Or or did you wonder if people would actually go back to drinking vermouth? Did you have to change the profile of the drink itself? Well, I think that's why we've been so successful is because Jill is adamant you need to drink it by itself and I'm adamant you need to mix it. So we'll come <laughs> to learn from each other a lot. Um, whereas I, Jill can make a Negroni now and I drink it neat every now and then. So, um, uh, but uh, one of the most important things with constructing the vermouth is that it's versatile for both facets. It's no good to just have in a cocktail. You need to be able to drink it by itself. And we, we certainly tailored certain cocktails. Like, uh, you know, when we made the sweet, we benchmarked it in a Negroni and the, the uh, martini, uh, we benchmarked with the dry. But um, also making it delicious by itself. I don't think Jill would have it any other way um, either, you know. That's, that's the thing is, I think we're very complementary in, in our approach. And as much as Sean will focus on, on bars and mixing it, I'll, I'll be focusing in, in using vermouth in, uh, in restaurant, in gastronomy, and, and using it neat like a sherry, for example. So it's, it's that approach, uh, which is both direction, uh, I think, which works well. And when you think traditionally vermouth was mostly a mixer but rarely a, a wine on its own and and that's i think that's where it becomes complementary and, and you can reach to more people as well absolutely sean Byrne and jill lapaloo founders of made and i vermouth i do need to take a break but i've got so many questions will you hang around a bit longer of course terrific Indeed. the boys will be back right after these easy music favorites on easy music 3mp this is the relish podcast with kate stevenson for greater dandenong food tours they let you travel the world without a passport. Easy Music 3MP, I'm Kate Stevenson. You're listening to Relish and I'm chatting to Sean Byrne and Jill Lapaloo. They are the founders of Made in Vermouth, which to me really feels like a household name, at least in Melbourne now. Sean, for those who haven't explored, you know, vermouth, um, it's not just that that you make. You're making other things. You There's a Kinkanara aperitif. You've got a Vinamere and something called Roselle. What is that? Oh, the exciting new one, Kate. That's the one we are drinking quite a lot of at the moment. It's um, It took us a little while to, to, to make it. Jill and I put our heads together and we've always liked the bitter things in life, being um, elderly gentlemen. And uh, <laughs> we um, look towards Campari and Aperol as kind of stalwarts in the, um, in the category. And we wanted to do our own take on it. And we're not trying to reinvent the, the, the wheel here. Um, they're great products in their own right. We just want to do it our own way. So starting, you know, something that's bitter that can be used in a Negroni, can be used in a spritz, something that fills both those voids. So Jill's the real mastermind behind the wine components of us. And um, and then we've just added the bitterness to us um, from, I think it's 25 different plants we use 
um, a lot of bits of roots, rhubarb roots and angelica roots and dandelion roots. And, and the name itself is where the color comes from, roselle um, or rosella or hibiscus is where we get the beautiful lush red color from it. Um, and also some other resinous botanicals of frankincense and myrrh. We joke that if we had gold leaf in there, we would be called biblical. <laughs> and that's and it is a beautiful colour, and people should try to find it. You know, for that reason alone, to see it and then and then taste it. What? How long does that process take? All of those ingredients, Jill. How long are you tweaking for to get that flavour exactly right? Well, we we. Like all of them, of, uh, we base it on the grapes first because we make the wine specifically for the end product. So that's, that's a very different approach to most uh, vermouth maker. And it always starts with, with the grapes and the winemaking. So we uh, concentrate on, on which grapes goes better and, and what technique to use in the winemaking. And the important bit here as well is that we do, uh, we use, uh, I don't like the term nat- natural, but uh, we use uh, uh, the grapes only. There's no ad-, ad sulfur, there's no enzyme, there's no yeast. The wine is made really naturally. And then we add the, the tinctures with the botanicals uh, to stop the, the fermentation to keep the natural sugar. So it's, it's a process which is uh, uh, restrictive because we can do it only once a year during vintage. Yeah. But it's it's the positive is that you end up with a natural product so that's that's where it's very different to the rest of the market where basically uh the vermouth are, are totally natural no added uh uh ingredients except the botanicals and, and the spirits and it is um you know it's a it's a beautiful product anyway and i think like you mentioned with bar midland sean it's really fun when you're playing away with playing away with drinks at home to try to do things that are, you know, something like a classic Italian cocktail but with beautiful Australian or, or Victorian mm. ingredients. Are you guys always bubbling away on, at something? What's what's next? What's the next thing you want to tackle? Well, if we told you this, then we'd have to come up with radio <laughs> conversation shorts. But I think are we allowed to talk about the one that we're releasing and we're bottling it soon, Jill? It's Should we tell them? It's coming soon, yeah. We've, we've done something that... Um, uh, it's been bubbling for seven years now. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've aged a classic vermouth in barrel for seven years and it's about to be released uh, in, in uh, spring. Oh, gee whiz. It's a scoop and it sounds absolutely phenomenal. We will it look at a scoop for you, Kate, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we will look out for it. Sean Byrne and Jill Lapaloo, founders of Made and I, congratulations on all of the beautiful products you've created. We know that people will find Made and I in good bottle shops, but they can also head to the website, madeandi.com.au. That's Maiden with two eyes to learn a bit more and look out for that new beautiful one. Thank you so much for your time. Wonderful. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. Stick around. We're heading to Mount Buller next. Wendy Hargraves with all the tips on where to eat and drink up the mountain. You're listening to Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel on Easy Music 3MP. For lovers of easy music, it all adds up with 3MP and Crystal Clear Stereo right across Melbourne. There to make a better, clearer sound for you to enjoy your easy music favourites. Upgrade your radio to DAB Plus and change the way you listen to Easy Music 3MP. Find out more at 3mp.com.au. 
Easy Music 3MP, this is Relish. Now, I'm not quite a snow bunny, but I know there are plenty of Melbournians who are. So if you're into your skiing, you'll know that Apre Ski is just as important as actually hitting the slopes. One person who has done all the research for you, if Mount Buller is your destination, is food journo and founder of Bread and Butter Media, Wendy Hargraves. Wendy, good morning. Good morning, Kate. Now, I've got to say, I don't necessarily think of ski villages as gastronomic destinations, but are things changing a bit? You know what? I think there's they've been getting a bad rap for a long time because they've been working on great food for years now and been quietly coming up with some really good options. I'm consistently surprised by the level, the standard of the food at all of the mountain resorts. But my most recent trip to Mount Buller was really cool because it's not just about the high-end stuff. They're also doing some really good stuff at, you know, quick takeaway, quick grab, fast, fresh food. So, you know, you can't really go wrong. Okay, so for people heading up to a spot like Mount Buller, I know purely in the the name of research, you did do a recent trip. You checked out quite a few. So split it up for us. In terms of maybe those casual joints, what can we check out? There's a little place in the village square called Jasmine House. It's a little takeaway Vietnamese place. They're doing made-to-order pho, banh mi, bao buns, all filled to order and they're really good. They even have the South Melbourne market dimmies. So when you really want something hot and warming and fast, they turn it around really quick. It's reasonably priced. Cannot recommend this place highly enough. It's really good. Did not see that coming. All right, what else have you got for us? Well, if you're up there midweek or actually during the week, every Monday um, from 3.30 to 5pm, if you've got a lazy $75 burning a hole in your pocket, go and buy a ticket to the Ice Bar, which is literally carved out of Burke Street every Monday (laughs) afternoon. And they offer bottomless glasses of Tattinger champagne, fresh oysters, Yarra Valley caviar, and a selection of pastries and yummy things. 75 bucks for 90 minutes of, you know, chowing on down in the snow, watching everyone fall over as they ride down Burke Street. It's really, really good fun. And, you know, there are people, I've spoken to people who over the next few weeks are taking the family up and going for, you know, a week, midweek at Buller. So that's an amazing option. All right, throw, throw another couple at me. <laughs> well, if, when you're doing that, you can pop the kids into ski school, of course, which yeah. <laughs> you make sure they stay there and perhaps <laughs> until five and, and they can all roll home together. Um, great coffee to be found at Grimace Grind, where you can actually ski past the window at Pension Grimace yeah. and order a great coffee. Um, Anton Grimace, who's actually a former Australian Olympian. I was going to say famous mountain name. And, and he, it's a, it's just a lovely experience. And go there early because that's when all the local dogs are there. People who live up at Mount Buller during lockdown, a whole heap of them got permits to have dogs. So there are quite a few people walking dogs in the snow. Oh. It's the cutest thing. And, of course, Anton Grimace has is, is, is figured out that if you've got smackos, everyone with a dog comes for miles. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, you see cute dogs in the snow, you cannot go wrong, and a great cup of coffee. And then across at the Chalet Hotel at the Birdcage, I was really surprised. They've got really fast and delicious food like, you know, big fat prawn and ginger dumplings and Wagyu burgers, all the food that you really want to have when you're at the snow. Because let's face it, when you're at the snow, it's like a license to eat whatever you want. Because you're burning off so many calories just walking. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love the excuse, Wendy. I know it's been a cold winter down in Melbourne. How was the buzz up there? I was I was so happy. I really felt like I was in my happy place. Everyone was having such a good time. I was up there for a video shoot, so I didn't get to ski. I spent the whole time 
walking around and 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 soaking up what was happening in the food space and and look it's been a rough couple of years so the people that are up there and working now they're so happy to see people back and yeah. it's it's a really beautiful atmosphere actually i was i was really impressed and there's a, there are a couple of other little places as well um the place that used to be snow pony has been reborn as a place called harry burns yeah. which is another asian option lots of asian inspired food and really good cocktails um and you can't go past captains as well like it's an amazing Austrian style restaurant also at Pension Grimace where the coffee shop is. If you can, you have to book in though, that would be my tip. Make sure you book in when you book your holiday at Mount Buller, book in your restaurant experiences and make sure you book a seat or two at the Villager, which has just been relaunched as a French restaurant this winter. And there's a chef there, James Turno, who's worked in Paris and he's bringing all the fondue, and all the beautiful, you know, slow cooked beef and oh, the tarts, everything. It's so make sure you book ahead though, because like everywhere else in, in Melbourne and Victoria, yeah. it's um they, they're working to very tight staff. You can't just lob up anymore. You've got to plan ahead. Wendy Hargraves, I love it. Food Journal, founder of Bread and Butter Media. They are very valuable tips. Uh, we'll encourage people to click on watch us at breadandbuttermedia.com.au to see some more of your tips. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure, Kate. Have a, have a lovely weekend. Thanks, Wendy. Stick around. This Week in Food is next. You're listening to Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel on Easy Music 3MP. You're listening to Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel on Easy Music 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson for greater Dandenong food tours. They let you travel the world without a passport. Easy Music 3MP, this is Relish and it's that time for some tips on where and what to eat and drink this week in food. How about starting with an edible masterclass in the influences of Japanese culture and cooking on Peruvian cuisine? Well, Rabata and Pastuzo are getting together for an event called Nikai Nights. Head chefs from each will come up with a menu that features a combination of Peruvian flavours like chilli, coriander, fresh fish and citrus and the Japanese dishes and cooking techniques that Rabata is so well known for. It'll be held at that fabulously bright Japanese restaurant on Wednesday the 31st of August. It is bound to be as fun as it is tasty. You can book via the What's On page at rabata.com.au. Now, here's one to get on to. Melbourne's newest craft distillery festival will take place on the last weekend in August at Seaworks in Williamstown. This one looks like an absolute cracker. There'll be more than 30 brilliant smaller distilleries getting involved, including places like Anther, Jimmy Rum, Ned Whiskey and St Felix. You can choose to head along to any of four four-hour sessions over the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday. Ticket holders get a tasting glass, free samples, of course, some live music and some really cool free masterclasses. There is even the option to head across from the city on a specially chartered ferry complete with DJ on the Saturday. For more information, head to hollywaterfest.com.au. Now, after a three-year hiatus, Preston Market is welcoming back their Italian day on Sunday the 28th of August. Between 11 and 3, the market will transform into an Italian fiesta with cooking demonstrations, tastings, live entertainment and, of course, Italian dishes from some pop-up food stalls and their regular Italian traders. Entry's free, so it's bound to be tasty. Head to prestonmarket.com.au 
for a little more detail. And finally, are you interested in a chance to eat well and do good? Well, three of Australia's finest chefs are uniting for the first time to raise funds for students in hardship as Box Hill Institute alumni chefs Frank Camora and Guy Grossi join their mate, Ian Curley, for a very special dinner on the 11th of August. Taking place at the Institute's training restaurant, Fountains, you'll enjoy three courses with matching local wines and beer. You'll meet the chefs, of course, and enjoy insights from the MC for the night, food legend Danny Valent. Every dollar from tickets sold to this event will go directly to students in need. So you can head to, it's a long one, get ready, Box Hill Institute fundraising dinner, dot eventbrite.com to grab yours and that's it that's me done for the week don't forget you can email anytime relish at 3mp.com.au and that's it for this week thanks for joining me on the podcast version of relish celebrating the best in food wine and travel i'd love to hear from you email anytime relish at 3mp.com.au you can tune in live next saturday at 8am you can look for the next podcast at 3mp.com.au or just download the 3MP app. Easy music, 3MP. Relish returns Saturday morning from 8 on Easy Music 3MP.